Good evening, everyone. We come now to this third word taken from the Gospel of John, the 19th chapter. Allow me to pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the opportunity to gather as a community of believers, and some among us tonight are seekers. Perhaps some are scoffers. I was a skeptic and a scoffer once upon a time, just like those who scoffed and mocked the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we pray in his name, as we reflect upon his horrific death on the cross of Calvary in these moments together on this evening, on this Good Friday, may you assist me by your grace now. May you be faithful to your word, to your scriptures, and have your way in our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Reverend Dr. Ed Glover came and shared about the first word, and the Reverend Robbie Grunwald came and shared regarding the second word, and we love to hear stories. They resonate with us, do they not? Stories of beach and sand and children who have been healed miraculously, they grasp our attention. Well, there is a historic redemptive thread beginning in the Garden of Eden throughout the Old Testament. One of us each year seems to mention that there's well over 300 prophetic things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps one or more of my colleagues yet to come forward here will share one or more of those. And the New Testament, in many ways, reflect back to these moments as Jesus is hanging on the cross of Calvary. Well, there is another story that I believe is very redemptive and plays a key role and points to this very word. We're going to come back to John 19 here in a few minutes. But this additional historical thread is one that I'd known about, but I'd never really studied as I have over the past couple of weeks, and it involves Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, Mary was an individual just like you and I, and I'm going to say that I believe she was about 17 years of age when this drama began to unfold in her life. And it begins with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, her son. And in Luke chapter 1, the narrative unfolds like this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, Nazareth being their hometown, Mary living life just like we live life, and suddenly she has an angelic visitation. And Gabriel came to her and This is what the angel declared. Can you imagine? Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And Mary would continue to discern to the very moments that we are seeking using our sanctified imaginations to reflect upon Mary and this one whom Jesus loved, the Apostle John, standing before the cross of Christ hearing this word. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Now Mary, being Jewish, can you imagine 
Clearly, she was taught the Old Testament, and she's beginning to hear these words concerning this child. And the angel continued, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary questioned the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And many of us here know the narrative, even those of us who perhaps do not attend church regularly or perhaps not at all. We know the Christmas story. And the angel went on to explain how this child would come by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon Mary and cause one of her eggs to be fertilized. And the power of the Most High God will overshadow you, Mary. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. This is who is being crucified in these moments. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, also will conceive a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, her husband being Zechariah. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, listen to this response, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary begins this journey regarding this child that will be conceived in her womb. Continuing this narrative, we see Mary in haste, the word of God says, in haste, going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is six months pregnant. And as Mary arrived at the house, the word of God tells us that the baby within Elizabeth's belly leaped. As Mary entered the home, the baby within Elizabeth's belly was none other than John the Baptist, the forerunner, the one, the wild man, crying in the wilderness, having a baptism of repentance. And Elizabeth was to say to Mary in part, And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Listen to how affirming this is to Mary. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my room leaped for joy, and God used that instant. And many of us have had instances. We have had epiphanies. We've had aha moments where we've known, we know that we know that we know that God is moving. And blessed is she who believed, that is Mary, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So this was affirming indeed. And then Mary begins to sing this song of praise. And in part she sings, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And it states that Mary remained with Elizabeth about three more months, most certainly to the end of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So you see that Mary began to recognize in a very profound way through an angelic host, through Elizabeth, these prophetic words, Mary singing this song at this young age, she was beginning to realize that this baby was very peculiar. We're all peculiar, very special And as Mary and Elizabeth and, as we know, many, many others would come to realize the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies regarding Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the next time we see in the scriptures Mary mentioned. It was at, of course, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the government called for a census, and Joseph and Mary headed each to their own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, 
which is called Bethlehem, because that's where he was born, the lineage of David. And he was going to obey the Roman government to register himself and Mary. And we know the narrative along the way. They arrived and Mary, it became time for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then there were shepherds and angels and the angel visited them out in the field as they were watching their flocks. And these angels spoke to them. And then the shepherd said, we need to go and see. We need to go and find this child whom the angels have told us about. (coughs) When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Reminds me of the Charlie Brown Christmas. But it's more than a Charlie Brown Christmas. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And this is the message. And just sharing the experience As the Jewish culture, they were storytellers. They would share the narrative, the oral traditions. And Mary, Joseph, and all those present listened. And it says they went and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, listen to this, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And these words in the Greek literally meant that she began as if she was collecting these things as any mother would, the dynamic events in a child's life. Can you imagine moms among us, dads among us, being visited by an angel, having shepherds come in the context of that culture? It would be different for us today, but nonetheless so profound and so impactful. And the Word of God tells us in the original language, she would ponder these things. She would meditate upon these things. She would treasure these things in her mind. How could you forget what the angel spoke? Next, we see Mary and Joseph presenting Jesus for what is called the purification. Seven days after giving birth, with those seven days, a woman was considered unclean under Jewish law. And on the eighth day, the boys were circumcised. Purification would occur 33 days or a total of 40 days later, according to Leviticus chapter 12. And the word of God says in Luke 2, that when their time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Listen to this. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. This man was anointed of God. He had something that he knew in his heart of hearts that he had been waiting and anticipating for. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he, Simeon, came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the priest 
And the parents, Joseph and Mary, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. He, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, speaking of himself, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Again, another affirmation, another supernatural word to Mary and Joseph about this child. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And indeed, this day on Good Friday, he has been opposed indeed in the most horrific way. And he said to Mary, And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. May God reveal thoughts to our hearts this night concerning the significance of the crucifixion of Christ. So the Lord gave Simeon a forewarning, if you will, to Mary concerning the very events which we've been hearing about, all that occurred, the mock trials, the spitting, the crown of thorns, the flogging, anyone who has seen the passion of the Christ. It's hard for me to watch that movie but you get the images of what literally happened to the Lord Jesus. If you've never seen that movie, I encourage you to do so. Most mothers would be traumatized standing in front of a cross watching their begotten son being tortured and killed in the most horrific fashion. The crucifixion was. But by God's grace there with John, she stood and remained After the purification, it said that the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Quickly, next we see the historical count of Jesus in the temple. Mary and Joseph had gone up to Jerusalem at the Passover, which was their tradition year after year. They were traveling back home to Nazareth. Often women and men would hang out together on their way home in the caravan, And if you know the historical narrative, Jesus, they are discovered after a day out from Jerusalem, was not with them. They became panicked, began searching. He wasn't there. They traveled back to Jerusalem, day two. The word of God says that they searched for him for three days, five days separated from your son. Five days. It says, after three days, the day out, they back, three days searching, they found him, Jesus, in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. This is the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Emmanuel, who presently hangs on the cross of Calvary. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. Mary and Joseph had some things still to learn about all that Jesus would fulfill. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Do you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand this saying that he spoke to them. They were perplexed. They were all caught up emotionally. 
anxiety. They had other agendas. They were so concerned for him. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. The Lord continued to reveal. We only have these brief glimpses of Jesus' mother from the scriptures. And Jesus, again, the word declares, increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And in the last incident that I will describe briefly is Jesus is teaching disciples. He's teaching parables. He's sitting most likely in a home. And the word of God says that Mary and Jesus' brothers, he had four brothers, came to see him. It says, then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And Jesus was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. That's from Luke chapter 8. And in Mark 3, Jesus answered them as Mark recorded it, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Forever does the will of God. He is my brother and sister and mother. And so we come to this third word. Jesus speaks, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Most of Jesus' disciples had fled. Among those who remained were Mary Magdalene, Mary, a wife of a, a, a man named Cleopas, and of course, John, this disciple whom he loved. And we don't know a whole lot about all the other activities, all the other conversations that may have gone on as Jesus hung on the cross. But I came to realize this past week that Mary was the only human being present at both Jesus' birth and his death. And I believe with all of my heart that as Mary was standing there, she was being brought in back into her memory all that had occurred throughout their lives. So much we do not know. But God has his purposes. And those instances that I've shared with you are pretty much an exhaustive rendering of the things that Scripture has to say about Mary. There's the wedding in Cana. Time doesn't allow me to share where Jesus turned water into wine at 12 years of age, being separated. Things said through Simeon. The song that she sang, the words of Elizabeth. Albert Barnes, one of my favorite commentaries, he was an American theologian, and he wrote a 14-volume commentary on the Word of God back in the 1830s. He said this, This declaration of Jesus, Woman, behold your son, refers to the Apostle John, not to Jesus himself. Jesus was saying, Behold, my beloved disciple John shall be to you a son and provide for you and discharge towards you the duties of an affectionate child. Mary was poor. It would even seem that now she had no home. Jesus, in his dying moments, filled with tender compassion and tender regard for his mother, secured for her an adopted son, attained for her a home, and consoled her grief by the prospect of attention from him who was the most beloved of all the apostles. What an example of continuing on the care for his mother. These very words. What do these words speak to us today in the context of our lives? 
What are the implications for us as a community of believers? Dr. Glover has a ministry or an impact. One person, one family, one block at a time. We have widow's ministry. We have grief share, divorce care. We have a nursery here. We have small groups. There are ways that the church today continues to fulfill what Jesus Christ was prescribing and initiating here in these words. It went beyond just simply Jesus taking care of his mother. And if I were to ask any one of us, and I did not know this, just in closing, do you think that this was the last time that Mary was mentioned in the scriptures here at the cross? Well, it wasn't. There was one other occasion that Mary and her sons were mentioned, and it comes from Acts. Jesus had died, buried. He was risen from the dead. He appeared for 40 days. He appeared to the apostles on the mount called Olivet. He ascended into heaven. The apostles were told to go to Jerusalem and wait for the outpouring of the Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, and when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Jesus bestowed upon this apostle who had lived the longest out of all the other apostles a responsibility, and Mary and her sons, Jesus' brothers, if you will, were part of the New Testament church as it was being birthed, as Jesus has promised. I never realized that. And so I believe in, in this year and sharing from this third word, it's astounding to consider the implications and the fruit of this word, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And I believe that Mary would begin to need to learn to think of Jesus not so much as her son, but as her Savior and Lord. Think about that. What a transformation and what a testimony Mary would have for the kingdom of God. What implications does this have for us today? If you would please kneel as I lead us in this prayers found on the bottom of page three of your service sheet. Dear Heavenly Father, who has set the solitary within the family and by your Son, Jesus Christ, has made of all believers a new family from all the nations of the earth. Grant, we pray you, that as we are drawn close to the cross, so we may be drawn close to each other. May the world say again, see how they love one another. And may the world know by our love that you have indeed made your son Jesus to be both Lord and Savior of the world. In his name we pray, amen.